Luke 1, beginning at verse 26. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favoured. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favour with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be? Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin. The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month, for no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your words to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. We're now going to be hearing from Philmoon, our vicar. Hello everyone and uh, welcome to my study. Again, slightly strange circumstances, uh, isn't it? Having, having church like this, but it's, uh, uh, we're still going to turn to the Word of God now and I hope very much that we will uh, learn and benefit from meeting together in this kind of way over these coming weeks and months. Uh, let's pray as we begin. Heavenly Father, thank you for your Word and thank you for today's Mothering Sunday and we pray, Father, as we... Uh, meet together this morning and as we turn to your word that you may speak to us for Jesus sake. Amen. Well very much uh, you've got a Bible to hand we need to turn to Luke chapter 1 and verses 26 to 38 that's Luke chapter 1 and verses 26 to 38 maybe you've uh, got it open already from the reading just now and uh, I was thinking this week about some famous mums so uh, in my preparation, I googled famous mums, and they took me to the um, Hello webpage. Never been to the Hello webpage before. Probably won't go to the Hello webpage again. Uh, and I have to say, uh, I didn't recognise any of them, and neither do I know any of their names. So that wasn't very helpful, was it? Um, but uh, I, I, I reckon we all do know some famous mums. Megan, for instance. Uh, Kate would be another one. Uh, and we know their children. So uh, uh, we know Archie and uh, we know uh, William and Kate's uh, three children, don't we? Uh, George, Charlotte and Louis. Uh, so we do know famous mums. And, and actually, if I just said Meghan, then you'd think of the Duchess of Sussex. And uh, if I said Kate, uh, you'd think uh, the mother of uh, our future king and the wife of our future king as well. So, uh, 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 But we do know them by their Christian names, just by one name. And this morning, we're going to look at one more although even more famous mum, and we know her by one name. Her name, of course, is Mary. 
Now, you may think that this is uh, all rather strange, that we're having a, a sermon which is basically a Christmas reading, isn't it? The Archangel Gabriel coming to Mary uh, uh, in Nazareth. And, uh, um, but what I want us to do is to look at Mary's heart. Because at this time of uh, the coronavirus, uh, I think it's really quite important that we should be able to look at uh, Mary's heart. And we can learn some things here which will help us to cope over these coming weeks and months. So do have the passage open. And uh, uh, this is, uh, it is quite extraordinary, as I think we're going to see, that uh, uh, as we look at Mary, we can genuinely pray, Lord, uh, whether I'm a mum or not, whether I'm a, a woman or a man, Lord, please give me a heart like Mary's. So we're thinking of a heart like Mary's this morning. And she was young. She was, she was very young. Uh, I found out about something called the Apostolic Gospel of the Birth of Mary. It says that she was 14. I found something else called the, um, uh, the History of Joseph the Carpenter. It says that Mary was 12. Just 12. And uh, uh, we can say she was, she was almost certainly a teenager. Maybe not even quite yet a teenager. She was very, very young. Uh, I guess it's most likely, if she'd been coming along to BH, she would have been enrooted, our group from 11s to 14s. And she was probably illiterate and came from, well, Nowhereville, to be honest. I mean, who's ever heard of Galilee? Galilee was just a little area. I suppose it was about the size of the county of Rutland, our smallest county. It was about 45 miles uh, to uh, between 45 and 85 miles north of Jerusalem, just a little area. And then it had this little nowhere town called Nazareth. No one ever heard of Nazareth. Nazareth, where? Oh, no, sorry, never heard of it. And, uh, uh, and, with, uh, and, and then you've also got the probability, given where it was, that Mary was kind of mixed race. Now, these days, we don't take it. It doesn't matter, does it? It's, 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 not, a, it's not, a, not a thing. I, I, remember, I was talking to someone about, I can't even remember who it was or who we were talking about, but we were talking about someone about three weeks ago. And they said, uh, uh, um, uh, this person we were talking about, whoever it was, they said, oh, they're mixed race, aren't they? And I, it hadn't crossed my mind. We don't think about these things. It's not important. But it was important in those days. It was really quite significant in those days that maybe the mother of our Lord uh, was in that situation herself, mixed race. And she came from Nazareth in Galilee, which really was a very uh, nowhere place. Um, it was neither here nor there. It wasn't Jerusalem, and it wasn't a major city to the north or northwest of there either. It was just a nowhere place. So it was a bit like saying, I come from Watford Gap Service Area. That's the kind of thing that uh, we're thinking of this morning, that uh, the Archangel Gabriel says, look at verse 28 of our, of our reading, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee. That's where he went. And he sent the Archangel Gabriel to a virgin pledged to be married to a name, man named Joseph, a descendant of David. Now, they used to say, um, right back in John's Gospel, right at the beginning of John's Gospel, uh, Philip finds Nathaniel and says that he's, uh, he's found the Messiah, comes from Nazareth. And uh, in John 1.46, uh, Nathaniel's response, can anything good come from Nazareth? Answer, no. Really, no. And that's who we're talking about. Mary, uh, a, a very, very young, probably illiterate, maybe mixed race, who knows, a person from Nowhereville, from Watford Gap. And, uh, and the other thing here, where it says that she's betrothed or pledged to be married, look at verse 27 there, the angel uh, 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 
verse 27, to a virgin pledged in merit to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. Um, and it says there, she's a virgin, verse 27 at the beginning. It says again at the end of the verse uh, that she's a virgin. The virgin's name was Mary. And then it goes down to verse 34. How will this be? What comes that later on? Mary asks the angel, since I am a virgin. So Luke wants to be absolutely clear here that Mary is a virgin. She is someone who hasn't yet slept with anyone. So uh, that's the story with Mary. Uh, she's a no, nothing girl from Nowhereville, uh, and she is a virgin, and yet she is betrothed, pledged to be married to this guy, Joseph. And uh, then the archangel Gabriel turns up, and in verse um, uh, uh, 28, the angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favoured, the Lord is with you. Now, that's amazing. Um, we're going to see today about Mary's heart. And when, he, when, uh, uh, when Gabriel turns up, he says, Greetings, you who are highly favoured. And we're going to see from Mary's heart today some very important things about the one who is highly favoured. You may know the illustration about the college lecturer who produced a bucket at the, uh, the front of the lecture theatre. Uh, they were still meeting in those days. And, uh, uh, and then he said, I'm going to fill up the bucket. Got some rocks, filled up the bucket. And he said to, to the, the students there, is the bucket full now? And they said, yes. At which point he produced some gravel, poured the gravel in. Said, is the bucket full now? And he said, yes. So he then produced some sand and he poured the sand in as well and said, is the bucket full now? And they said, mm, Yes. And then he produced some water and he poured that in up to the brim. And he said, how about the bucket being full now? And they said, yeah, yeah, we think it is. And he said, now what's the point of that? I just want to say this. You need to put the big rocks in first. You've got to put those big rocks in first. And in life and in times like this, at a time of a national global pandemic and a national crisis with this corona business, let's make sure we get the big rocks in first. And the big rocks include our hearts. And I want to say the big rocks actually start with our hearts. So let's look at Mary's heart here and see what we can learn. Whether you're a mum, whether you're not a mum, whether you're male or female, doesn't matter. Let's have a look at the big rocks of Mary's heart. And the first one is uh, she had a humble heart. Look at verses 28 to 33 here, a humble heart. Verse 28, first of all, greetings, you are highly favoured, the Lord is with you. Now, unfortunately, uh, our Roman Catholic friends tend to translate this, Hail Mary, full of grace. That's not a good translation. I'm sorry, that's not a great translation, because it gives the idea of Mary dispensing grace to other people. And uh, uh, so therefore you can come to Mary, you can pray to Mary, and you can ask for Mary to give you some of her grace, the grace that she's full of. But it's not a great translation. Our church Bibles, and verse 28, are a better translation. Greetings, you who are highly favoured. In other words, Mary had received grace from God, not that Mary was giving grace to God. So grace to Mary? Yes, in abundance. Grace from Mary? No. No. Uh, Martin Luther from the Reformation said, uh, No woman has ever lived on earth to whom God has shown such grace. You, Mary, are the crown of them all. So we don't pray to Mary. But we thank God that he chose her to be the mother of Jesus. He was with her. So you look at the end of verse 28 here. God's presence, the Lord is with you. 
And she experienced this dynamic power and presence of the, of the Lord being with her, not just at this time, but uh, throughout her life. And she was simply the humble recipient of God's grace and of God's presence. And then we have uh, uh, what the Christian church called the Annunciation or the Announcement to Mary. And it is simply mind-boggling. Uh, if you look on to verses 30 to 34 there, uh, or verse 30 to 33, um, and he says, look, uh, um, Gabriel says, look, Mary, I know you're a virgin, but you are going to get pregnant before you have sex with anyone. And you're not just going to get pregnant, uh, you're going to have a boy. And it won't just be a boy, but your son is going to be called Jesus because he will be salvation. And your son will be the son of God and your son will be the Messiah. And this is just a little bit much to take in all at once. Even one of those statements would have been uh, just a bit too much. It would have us doing a, a goldfish impersonation, wouldn't it? It's massive. Nothing more significant has ever really happened. As in ever. What extraordinary things going on here. Uh, Jesus. Someone has written, Jesus Christ is the meeting place of eternity and time, the joining of deity and humanity, the junction of heaven and earth. And this announcement from Gabriel to Mary is actually saying it's going to happen, Mary, in your womb. You are the passive recipient of this. Mary, uh, he is going to form in your womb before you sleep with anyone. And in verse 34 here, have a look at that. Mary asks, uh, how will this be since I'm a virgin? But behind that question, she's simply and humbly accepting what's going to happen. She doesn't question God's wisdom. She doesn't question God's choice. She just humbly accepts that God will do this. No rebellion. None of, uh, do you really have to do this? Has it got to be me? No, none of that. The incarnation began with great humility on Mary's part. The announcement to Mary that she would be the mother of our Saviour is accepted with calm, quiet, Humility. God, you know best, not me. And I know it's better that way. You've got a humble heart? Or do you always know best? And if you're one of those people who can never be wrong, you'll be uh, quite a difficult person to have around sometimes. We do need a humble heart, don't we? We need a heart like Mary's. And we thank God for her and for her humble heart. Second thing is that Mary had a reflective heart, a reflective heart. Look at verse 28 and then verse 29. Um, Greetings, you who are highly favoured. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. Now, Mary may have been um, uneducated, almost certainly, a peasant girl from what the gap service area, um, but we don't need to be educated or in a high-powered job uh, in order to be able to think and reflect and to ponder and to wonder. And verse 29 says in the original language, she kept on wondering. She kept on thinking about it. She kept on looking at it and turning it around in her mind. She kept on and she was wondering what it meant for her and what it required from her. She was humbly accepting it, but she was thinking about it. She was the polar opposite of uh, someone who might have said, uh, yeah, you what? Oh, whatever, maybe not, who cares? No, she took this away. And that's just the greeting. We haven't actually got the announcement yet. You who are highly favoured, the Lord is with you. 
I guess, you know, we've all got too much on, haven't we? And I think perhaps one of the things about this coronavirus is, uh, um, well, actually, if you're a mum and you've now got the kids home from school, that's going to be more challenging still. But for others of us, those who are self-isolating, that's me at the moment, I'm halfway through, um, over seven days to go as I record this, and uh, um, but we might have a little bit more time, a little bit more time to think and to ponder, to be quiet, to pray, to read. And so on our daily bulletins, for instance, we were talking to the staff this morning, I was saying to them, well, um, I, I want you to uh, uh, be reading books and to be putting up things, posting on our bulletin page each day uh, a book which someone uh, could read and it'll be a real benefit to them. When we do that, we're going to be asking uh, people to put your orders in the office, we'll get them and bring them to you so that you can uh, uh, enjoy reading these books which would be, would be of real benefit. So a reflective heart. There was a guy called um, Southey who was a, a poet and he was once telling an old Quaker lady uh, how he learned Portuguese grammar while he washed and something else while he dressed and how he learned in another subject over breakfast and so on, filling his day utterly minute by minute. And he was rather proud about this and the Quaker lady uh, looked up at him and she smiled and she asked him, um, and when does the think and I think time to think is something that's really important. It would be uh, uh, quite good to, uh, question to ask ourselves, wouldn't it? And when does the think? And maybe for some of us, Corona could be a time when that happens. We know for others it will be even more busy, especially with, uh, with children who would normally be at school. But when does the think? And we need to, as far as we can, uh, really uh, try to build in some time into our lives to think, to slow down, to stop and so on. Maybe when this is all over, to have a retreat uh, and so on. I'm learning to put gaps into my diary, just a bit more time to, to think. So it's not just wall-to-wall meetings all the day. But I know we can't all do that uh, at the moment. But do you have a reflective heart? I believe that's a very good thing to have. A heart that will ponder, that will reflect, that will think. Um, because our world is so often does everything it can to stop us from thinking. Well, maybe for some, this is just an opportunity now for us to be able to do uh, just a teeny bit more thinking. So thank God for Mary. Uh, we've got four things looking at this morning. Um, we are, we've thought about a reflective heart. Uh, we've thought just before that about a humble heart, so a humble heart, a reflective heart. And our third, a believing heart. And let's look at verses 34 to 37. Now, when Zechariah was told, back in chapter 1 of verse 13, that his wife Elizabeth was going to have a son, um, and he was going to be called John, and he replied in verse 18 of Luke chapter 1, if you've got a Bible there, you could just glance across at it, how can I be sure of this? How can I be sure of this? He doubted. And Mary is told she was going to be pregnant while she was still a virgin. And she replies rather differently. She replies, how will this be since I am a virgin? In other words, there is a subtle but significant difference between those two replies. Zechariah was doubting. Mary was believing. Mary was believing and she just wants to know how it's going to happen and in the original there is no doubt here at all she just simply says well um how's this going to happen how will this be since i am a virgin 
And, but the original, let's be clear, is saying there is, there is no doubt in this. And Gabriel explains how. Look at verse 35. The angel answers, the Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you, so the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. So he says uh, in verse 34 there, the Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Now, there are no sexual overtones there at all in that language. It's just simply saying this will be an act of the Holy Spirit. Overshadow is used in both the Old Testament and the New Testament uh, for God's overwhelming presence. And God and Mary believes God. And you can tell that because uh, have a look at verse 36, uh, where... Gabriel says, even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who is said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month, for no word from God will ever fail. And then if you just glance on, uh, just beyond our passage to verse 39, Mary rushes off to visit her. So Mary is calmly accepted. She's believing what she's been told about Elizabeth. She's believing what she's been told about herself. And it is wise to believe. It is sensible to believe. Well, just look back to verse 37. For no word from God will ever fail. No word from God will ever fail. Uh, it's been called one of the Bible's greatest statements. I hope you might be in the habit of uh, learning bits of the Bible from time to time. That's an easy one, isn't it? It's just one verse uh, and uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, eight words, isn't it? For no word from God will ever fail. Luke chapter 1 and verse 37. Now, when what God says he will do, that he will do it. 100% reliability record. So he said he'd send a saviour. He did. He said the Saviour would die for us. He did. He said the Saviour would be raised from the dead. He was. He said the Saviour will come back for us and that there will be a new heaven and a new earth and we can believe that those things will happen as well. Our response is to believe like Mary did. Now question. Who are you? And another question. What are you? Now, we look at Mary's uh, response here. Just go down to verse 38. And she said, I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. I think that's just simply lovely. She's saying that she believes. And Gabriel knows that. How do we know that Gabriel knew that Mary was believing? Because he left her. That's how our passage this morning ends. Then the angel left her. He was not having to convince her. He was not having to uh, uh, say, well, sorry, Mary, but there's a bit of a problem here. No, nothing of that. He's just simply, um, he left. Because he knew that Mary was believing. That is the proof of her belief, that Gabriel left because his job was done. And uh, uh, so do we believe? Humbly commit ourselves to Jesus Christ, believing that he came for us, that he died for us, that he was raised for us, so that we may live with him for all eternity. And now we can make that step of commitment. 
it may be at this time of crisis you're thinking, actually, I really do need to get my eternity sorted out just in case. And you can make that step of commitment in a simple prayer to say to the Lord, actually, I do believe that Jesus was the Son of God and I commit myself to him. You can do that. Um, and I would love to know if you do. You can send me an email or uh, find my address details on the church website. Uh, you can be in touch with me and let me know. Um, but you can do that in your own words. You could do that today in the privacy of your own home, home. But you would find it very helpful to tell someone as and when you do. A humble heart, a reflective heart, a believing heart. And then a submissive heart, which expands just a little bit on our third point. Verse 38 again, I'm the Lord's servant, Mary answered, may your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. Now Mary could have said, well, yeah, thanks, but mm, no thanks. Or maybe she could have said, uh, mm, maybe, mm, maybe not. No. Or maybe she said, um, uh, some other time, maybe, I'm getting married soon, you know. But none of that. Instead, she said, I'm the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. What an honour. What an honour. Oh, and like when we lived in Lowestoft, we had a lovely uh, elderly couple live next door to us called John and Betty. And one uh, day we had their telephone bill in the days when they came in the post delivered through our door rather than theirs to number 16 rather than number 18. And uh, uh, and John had the bill to address to him. And then after his name on the address, it said CBE, not MBE or OBE, but CBE, Commander of the Order of the British Empire. And uh, on his phone bill, <laughs> and presumably uh, in the phone book as well, uh, he was on it to have been on it. So much so that he put it on his phone bill. Good for him. And uh, for Mary, what an honour. The highest honour. Oh yes, it would have been difficulties, there would have been awful times and so on. Of course we see in, uh, later on in her life and so on. But actually, what an honour. What an honour. You don't turn it down. You humbly submit. I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. When Gabriel appeared to Mary, he didn't come with an invitation. He came with an announcement. And Mary submitted to the will of God. She submitted to the word of God. And you know, Christianity is to live with Jesus as Lord. It means we submit to Jesus as Lord when we begin the Christian life. And we submit to Jesus as Lord every day of our lives. Now, maybe this morning there's something you've been struggling with a bit. You know, just deep down there's something you need to bring to Jesus as your Lord. Maybe you're actually a bit cross about this corona thing because it's spoiled all sorts of plans and maybe you're just a bit cross with the Lord for allowing it to happen because it is affecting all of us. And it's not all positive <laughs> at all. Most of it isn't. Maybe you have some real struggles on that front. And we need to remember, don't we, that uh, Jesus is Lord. Maybe you're worried about your mum. 
Maybe you're a mum who's worried about her children. Maybe you're worried about yourself. Seems two of our children may well have corona. We're concerned for them. But uh, maybe this morning we need to learn a little bit from Mary's heart and say to God, our loving Heavenly Father, I really do think you know best. So I'll entrust myself to you. And Lord, please give me a humble heart, a reflective heart, a believing heart, and a submissive heart. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, these are very difficult times for us all. And we pray that you'd help us to put in those big rocks first. Help us to have a heart like Mary's. We pray, Father, that we may have a heart which is a humble heart, a reflective heart, a believing heart, and a submissive heart. For your name's sake. Amen.